This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On this episode, we'll discuss our recent victory over Wigan Athletic and our upcoming fixture with Blackpool. Welcome to Borough Pods. So, you'll notice uh, I'm back in the hosting chair with Nate out this week. Uh, joining me tonight is uh, the Gregular, Mr. Greg Kerr. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, yeah, not too bad. I've got, I think, three points I wasn't really expecting on, on Saturday, so I'm uh, you know, coming into this with a, a lot of positivity for once. Indeed. Yes, yeah, so we've had a couple of late pullouts and we're down to the bare bones in the Borough Pod studio and ironically we would have had three if someone had been pulling out a few bit earlier than now, but uh, here we are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from a selfish point of view, I'm glad to have a bit of extra uh, time to talk about this game because the last one was, uh, well, the last pod was no game at all. The pod before that was not really any football in the fixture to speak of at all. So in this one, we've got an action-packed game to uh, wade our way through. So, high-level summary. Um, Stevenage went one down fairly early on to Wigan. Uh, handball from Dan Sweeney from a kind of looping cross from the right-hand side. Stevenage left. Um, Josh McGuinness converted confidently, sending the keeper the wrong way. And uh, Stevenage battled back well the first half, I thought. Jamie Reid scored a nice goal on 15 minutes to put us level. And uh, it kind of ebbed and flowed for the remainder of the half. But Wigan got their noses back in front on 37 minutes. Um, Asgard nipping in ahead of Luther on a loose ball in the penalty area and then nipping in ahead of the keeper to poke it home. And it could have got worse, I think. There was a goal disallowed just before half-time, which would have put Wigan two up and... uh, I've watched that a couple of times and still can't see why it was disallowed. So, uh, yeah, we got away with one there a little bit, but we could have had a penalty earlier on. So I think one goal ahead was a reasonable margin of uh, gap, although it should perhaps be 3-2, not 2-1. But Stevenage fought back in the second half and uh, scored a couple of nice goals to uh, end the match 3-2 winners. And uh, I think it's a real mark of the resilience of the side that they were able to go away to a one of the bigger clubs in the league in Wigan, a club who've been playing pretty well and racing their way back up the league after the points deduction and uh, come back from going behind twice and uh, get a really, really valuable three points on the road. 
Greg, what are your thoughts on the fixture? Yeah, it was like I said. It was. I wasn't really expecting it. I thought it was the sort of game, a bit like a bit like Barnsley, where I thought you know we wouldn't disgrace ourselves. Um, not the not the one that got abandoned, obviously, but the uh, the away game against Barnsley. Um, it was it was kind of felt similarish to that, where I kind of went into that game thinking if we get anything out of it, I'll be pretty happy. Um, especially when they scored early doors. I th- Sweeney, I know I've been critical of him. I think. There's a lot of people that have been. I don't really want to keep being critical of him, but there's mistakes like that can can cost you results sometimes. And I think in the end we were fortunate that we that we got through it. Um, but it certainly didn't help. But actually, yeah, I think that that goal just before half time that you mentioned, I wasn't sure what it was given for. Felt a bit kind of innocuous. Um, that was huge. That that not. I mean, going in a three one half time, you're probably thinking game over realistically. Um, whereas you know that being being chalked off definitely definitely helped us come out in the second half and and the second half performance was was really really good took our chances good to see a few new players in although I'm still not convinced that we should be changing chopping changing the goalkeeper mm-hmm. again uh, we'll get to that in a second I guess but you know Vadim Oliver making his making his uh, yeah making an impact with the the assist I think it was on Reed you know you know what you're going to get with 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 for Dane Oliver, you're not going to get goals, but you're going to get contributions. And if it allows for others to get goals around him, then yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So yeah, look, I think it was good. It was a good away performance. Um, it was one of those ones, like I say, I wasn't expecting a huge deal from, but to come away with the three points, you, yeah, yeah, you've got to be pretty pretty happy with that. Yes, very much so. And you're right. Let's talk about starting lineup. So yes, um, we had Newkeeper McGillivray in goal, Dan Butler on the left. Pigeon Sweeney, centre-backs, Luther Wilding, right-back. So, typical back four. Um, well, maybe slightly surprising that TVC was on the bench, although someone was suggesting he might be coming back from an illness and maybe that's why he missed out in this one. Uh, midfield of Jordan Roberts, Burns, White and uh, Nick Freeman. And then Verdane Oliver and Jamie Reid up front. And, uh, yeah, it was a... a f- Structure of the team that worked pretty well for the most part against the um, the formation that Wigan had out there. Although uh, they did attack us fairly dangerously down the flanks at times, and certainly had uh, Butler and Wilding in trouble on occasion. But fair play to uh, Butler and Wilding for getting forward and causing trouble of their own. And certainly, the first goal came from Dan Butler crossing from. A slightly weird position, but deep in, well, you know, past the halfway line, halfway to the penalty area, and cutting a ball on his left foot from a fairly odd angle, but did really well to get a dangerous um, angle on it for Oliver to win the header and knock it down to Reed, who was just inexplicably unmarked in the six-yard box to uh, <laughs> lash it home on the uh, on the volley, which, you know, is the sort of thing he's been doing all season, and... Uh, Fair play to Freeman for his assist as well, because that cross, he did really well to kind of get around his man and create half a yard for the crossing opportunity as it spilled out to him on the right-hand edge of the penalty area. and To whip his foot around it and put in a ball of that danger from that um, smaller space and with that pace, I was very impressed. The crossing was a higher standard than I'm used to from uh, mm-hmm. Stevenage outfit, and it really paid us dividends in this one. Yeah, I was really impressed with how we, you know, we're gonna gonna 
play football out from the back and, and I was I was really impressed with how we engaged the press in the game it was you know when when the, when the keeper had the ball at his feet you know we were very much trying to make it difficult for them I think there was one clearance he made at one point which um, you know very nearly led to us to, to us nicking a goal but you know when they had the ball in the sort of in their own half but but with I think it was uh, Smith the the midfielder the kind of holding midfielder when they had, when he had the ball they were very selective about when they pressed him because I think they knew that if they overpressed in that area they'd end up um, kind of playing through it so I was I was impressed with that and I think um, it's one of the, one of those things that you know, you know we will talk about Wigan's fans' thoughts on Stevenage football, mm. um, but I just I, it was one of those performances that you know you know what you're going to get against a Stevenage team, and I don't mean that to to kind of discredit Stevenage in any way. I mean that in terms of you know you know you're going to get battled, you know that that you're in for a in for a fight, and I don't mean that in a in a physical sense. I'm t- I mean you know they're gonna they're gonna make sure that you're you're covering every blade of grass. They're gonna make sure that you're you're winning every single duel, and and that's what this team is all about, and has that's what's made us successful certainly since Steve Evans came in. And let's be honest, any period of success we've had as a football club, we've been built of the same elk. Yeah, but absolutely. the uh, yeah the the Wigan the, even the commentary team and uh, the, I was watching the game on a stream where I, I didn't have unfortunately didn't have Dean and Steve to listen to. I had uh, two two fellas from Lancashire and and the whole the whole way through the game they they were just convinced that uh, they're the better team they'll they'll come through and they'll win this eventually. It was almost like that until until they got into the later stages of the game. Certainly once we we made it three two. Um, it was it was almost a case of it was like a travesty that that a Steve <laughs> Evans team won at Wigan, which is ironic for a, for a town that's mostly known for their rugby than they are their football. But um, it was just yeah, it was just a good away performance, and I think Evans got it right both in terms of team selection. Like I said, I don't particularly like the the rotation of the goalkeepers. I, I still think that's something that I was hoping after. The kind of hedgy and 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 Tay debacle earlier this year that would be done with, but you know we didn't really put a foot wrong with Kevray. I don't think we can really say that he, he had a bad game. So it's not like it, that was a bad decision. I just don't think it's it's the sort of thing you want to be going in week to week wondering who's going to be in in between the sticks. Yeah, it doesn't feel helpful and conducive to building up your communication between your keeper and your back four. Although no. it didn't feel like that was the cause of the goals in this one. Maybe a little bit the second one you could argue, but um, how did you think Oliver played on his debut? Got the assist and generally looked like a nuisance and the uh, best kind of big target man striker option that we've had this season so far to me. Yeah, he's um, he, he did exactly what I kind of expected him to come in and do. Um, I expected him to come in and make himself a bit of a nuisance, throw himself about a bit and try and win some headers and and he and he did that and I thought the assist sort of little knockdown to to Reed who finished it really, really well was was yeah. was nicely worked. It's certainly not something you'd expect to see from a guy who walked in the door probably what a week ago or less than a week ago. So yeah, I think um he's not gonna score your ten to fifteen goals in the second half of this season, but you know, if he can, you know, as long as someone's scoring them, that's all that really matters, I guess. And yeah, at the moment, Jamie Reed just just can't stop, which, yeah, something I never thought I'd be uh, seeing the day of. And 
but he's uh, yeah for me um, he's he's a very very if you want to call him a typical kind of Steve Evans player you know something Evans knows how to get the best out of him not everyone has got the best out of him a lot of Bradford fans that I've I read comments on when he left was were almost saying good riddance in most cases and <clears throat> for me you know he's going to come in and do that job I don't know where Hemmings has gone though he seems to have disappeared in recent weeks. Uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking that he looks like more of an immediate threat than uh, to Hemmings' starting role than uh, I expected when I saw the signing announced. But fair play to him for being ready after a bit of time on the sidelines at his previous club. And uh, with, so we'll, we'll happily reap the benefits of it if the benefits are there to be had. I think he's a slightly different player to Hemmings, though. I think Hemmings is a bit more like he can play that target man role, but he, I think he prefers playing a bit more in the channels. Whereas I think Oliver is your, your your typical target man. I'm not saying he you know he doesn't get himself around or anything like that. I just think he's that player who wants to play as the focal point and yeah. have players like Reed playing off him. Um but yeah, I think yeah, he wasn't you know, his his assist was good. Um he didn't contribute loads and loads to the game because I think the way the game went, you know, Wigan had a lot of the possession. Um which meant you know he was probably feeding off scraps at times as you'd expect, but intrigued to see what he what he can do when you know maybe we've got more of the ball and have the, you know certainly home games like we've got coming up we should see a bit more. Mm. Yeah, we're in sixty three percent possession according to the stat sheet I've got, but only two shots on target from their ten that they had in total. We had three on target from our sixteen, so. 100% success rate from the shots on target. If you want to put a positive spin on it, I'm sure uh, Nate would hate that with his glass half-full attitude. Um, it was a weird end to the game, I thought, because as much as the commentary team that you described were really confident and positive about Wigan going on winning it despite everything, the play from them wasn't like that. And you look at the highlights for that last goal, they've got eight, nine, ten players behind the ball in the penalty area looking to block spots and shots and play spoilers and it really looks like you know a league one side trying to hold on for a draw in a cup game against the Premier League side the way they're defending it's a very odd one for a team two all at home have been ahead twice who you'd think would be wanting to kick on and try and win it and claw their way back into a promotion race and maybe that's just how that play broke down but it did seem like Stevenage had an attitude of not being satisfied with the point and throwing themselves at it to try and win it. And that's been a real refreshing thing we've seen repeatedly under Steve, that he hasn't settled for points home or away. He's always been looking to be positive and try and um, get the team into winning positions, even at the risk of losing late on in away games that are close. I, I appreciate that as a fan. It's a really um, a positive way to watch a football. In, in a weird sense... I kind of felt like, even though I'd, I'd have taken a point at the beginning, at that stage at 2-2, when you look at... I know we, there's teams that have got games in hand around us. I know we've got some games in hand around some some others in, in that play, in those playoff places. kind of felt like a point probably didn't really do us a huge favour. Like yeah, They weren't going to turn sense. it down, but it, I think that's probably why they went a bit more adventurous a bit more on the front foot than maybe they would have normally have done but also I think the way the game played out I don't think even though Wigan had a great deal of possession there wasn't there was no real point where I felt like we were under the cosh at any time it always felt like we were 
you know, managing the game relatively well. Um, I thought that, you know, the substitutions that we made certainly worked. I thought not just the goal, but Louis Thompson in midfield. I mean, I think he's probably one of the better midfielders that we've got. I know he's been a bit hot and cold this year, but I do think he's he's very, very good. It was a um, lovely finish from him from the edge of the box. Yeah, and, and, and that was and that goal, I mean the build up play to that goal and I know there was a few crosses sort of chucked into the box as you would expect to see, but I actually thought the build up was actually was actually pretty decent. Um Elliot List got a, a a cameo for about ten minutes before being hauled off again, which I completely understood for the tactical change. I actually thought at the end of that game bringing on McDonald did help, even mm. though the last time we played Wigan it didn't help in any way. Um <laughs> he was sent off right in front of the benches, but I thought on, on Saturday, I do think Evan's got that one right. And that's a pretty ballsy decision to make because not many players like being uh, <laughs> like being hauled off after only coming on probably 10 minutes prior to. So, um, but I think, he, I think he got it right. I think he got the team choice right. I think he got substitutions right. Um, look, Wigan, Wigan are a good side. They're not, that's, they're not the best team in the league by any stretch. I think they've got some... Some young players. It's a young squad, clearly, but I think they're a good, they're a good side. Or I think, you know, we'll look back and taking six points from them. Not many teams are going to do that this year. I'll be surprised no, if there's not. many. Yeah, it was a. They're a like a strong, pacey side down the flanks, and that is attacking us where we've shown a weakness at times. Not specifically because of the players, but because of the way they structure the side and protect the fullbacks from players in front of them so they stood up to that enough <laughs> they stood up to it conceding too but they stood up to it enough and uh, yeah did enough to get this one over the line so talk us through the way the team structure changed as we made this up so we took Wild and Offie Louis Thompson first which I assume means Freeman dropping into the right back role yeah it did um, yeah I mean they didn't really change too much shape wise um, until they, I think they brought on McDonald, which I can't remember exactly what minute that was in. Um, but they brought on McDonald and, and just to kind of shot the midfield a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. they dropped they dropped in Freeman, um, which I've I've never been a fan of of, of Freeman playing in a fullback role. I saw that against Maidstone, and he was absolutely was targeted quite. And considering the joy they were getting in in the wide areas, it, it was. Yeah, it did surprise me slightly, but I think they needed to to just bring on some fresh legs. So I think they brought on, um, yeah, they brought on the changes at the right time. I think they then brought on Guinness Walker um, to kind of come in again and sort of slot in. Yes. So I think I think it was a right call. I think I think they got, as I say, you got most of the substitutions right. At the time we brought Listy on was was when I think they were trying to stretch it. Um, you know, go for it a bit more, and then as soon as they got the the winning goal, it was there was no real need to do that. So, but yeah, I think overall, um, I'm not really going to complain too much about about the team that was put out there. One I know that was mentioned, and I think it was Adam on Twitter mentioned, was um, was Jordan Roberts, and yes. um, I think it'd be good because <laughs> he's becoming a a puzzling one for me in recent months. I don't know what your thoughts are on, on how Roberts has played and his role in this team. He seemed, I mean, you know, I'm judging this from Radio Com, so it's not the best to judge, but I didn't notice his name getting called that often in this game and was kind of surprised he wasn't one of the players 
hooked in the second half. So we saw Oliver off the list and Guinness Walker on third, Harvey White on 73 minutes. Then Thompson got his goal and then uh, McDonald came on for the list on 86 just to shore it up and help us see it out. So, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one. And I think it's a fair point that's raised in that, I don't know, he's just, he's been out of the side a little bit. And, you know, whether that's down to just too many games in the legs and being over-reliant on him in the first half of the season, which there's probably an element of that. But we have seen diminished effectiveness from him, I think, in the minutes he has got as well. So, you know, maybe maybe just having a bit of a refresh in that midfield and letting him get back to his full potency is what's needed because there's no doubt when he's at his maximum, he's a real terror for defenders, um, pressuring them. And I think pressing them smartly so he's not like hell for leather all the time just he chooses his moments to press smartly when he's not on a booking we talked about disappearing when he's on a booking and becoming that much less effective but you can see from performances like the one in this game why he's gone from being a first 11 absolute stalwart one of the first few names on the team sheet to a guy who's in and out and uh yeah, you wouldn't have thought back in August, September that you'd be starting to see Freeman as a more secure first team, first 11 member than uh, Roberts. But that's where we are. And uh, I'm not going to argue against it while the uh, three points are coming in in spades. So, uh, yeah, whoever's out there, you just wanted to be successful at the end of it all, I think. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had that today. It's a really interesting one with Roberts because... He had last season was arguably probably one of the best players that we had in in the team. You know, he's one of the first on the team sheet. Yeah. But since they've moved to more of a a diamond and that sort of new shape, I think it's it's almost stopped him from from giving what what he's good at. And what he's good at is, I think, when we play three at the back, you've got your full backs or your wing backs sort of really driving forward. Yeah. And you see him sort of pop up in those wide areas, but you float around, but you pop up in those wide areas and you kind of then always have an overload in those wide areas. So whether it's Luf on the right or Butler on the left, whatever, he'd be the kind of spare man who's making, not just from a press out of possession, but more so like with the ball. He's able to kind of be a bit more creative. When you go to the kind of diamond it, it kind of it forces your fullbacks to be a bit deeper, naturally. Um, and I just think it kind of... I'm not sure what his role is in it. I don't think it's changed dramatically, but I don't think we're seeing him get the success that that he has had historically. Mm. So, and, and I think it's... You know, I think he's still he's still a very good player. We all know he's got to play on the, on the line, if you know what I mean. You know, he's, yeah, he yeah. can't be a player who who kind of flitters through a game because then he won't get the best out of him. So sometimes he's got to put his foot in or or play very, very close to the line. And eventually, if he gets booked, you normally then do see, you know, he just disappears because he can't play the way he needs to play. And he did get booked on, on Saturday, in fairness. I can't remember what minute that was in, but, um, you know, he did get booked on Saturday. But I don't think that was why he didn't have a massive impact in that game. I don't think he's had massive impact since the change of that shape. And whilst the shape I do think has helped us as a team, probably 
you know, give a little bit more extra presence in midfield, not get overrun as much in midfield. Yeah. I do think it's probably been to the detriment of what he can bring that team, which is probably why he's been a bit more in and out. I still think he's started most games, but he's, he's definitely, like you said, he's definitely missed a few here and there too. Yeah. And that's a really good shout. Like he was at his most effective when he was the attacking midfielder supporting the front two and could float around middle, left or right, wherever he was needed. Now it's more Freeman right, him left. He doesn't have that flexibility quite as much in the structure that we've been seeing. So yeah, good shout on that. Uh, he was booked in the 83rd minute as well, so fairly late on. Fairly yeah. late on in that one. Um, so you mentioned yeah. Nesta Guinness-Walker, who we've signed from Reading on loan until the end of the season. He's had an interesting career journey. So started off Chelsea youth, then Tottenham youth, then a couple of years with the Met Police, followed by AFC Wimbledon, 82 appearances back in the Football League, and then... Reading in 2022, 36 appearances. Seems to have fallen out of favour this year and uh, we can hopefully reap some benefits of that. It's described by Steve as a an attacking fullback who uh, maybe has some work to do on the defensive side of his game. But as Steve put it, like if he was uh, as good as he is going forwards and a really solid defensive player he'd be still with Spurs or Chelsea so uh, this is what you'd expect for someone who's dropped down into League One from those lofty heights in his uh, youth career but yeah it's it's a position we were desperate to get some uh, coverage for what did you think of the uh, little you saw of him in this one yeah we didn't see a great deal of him I think how much we'll see of him is going to be interesting I mean Butler definitely needs to to get more support you know, when he wasn't available against Maidstone, you could, you could tell that left-hand side was 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 stretched. Um, so having cover there is is great. I mean, who knows what's happened with Reese Hanam? I know he played in the Hart Senior Cup, I think, the other day. Mm. So he's still kicking about somewhere, um, but clearly isn't trusted enough to to play. You know, to play in that system. So yeah, look, I think definitely good to have cover in that position. Um, it's good. I'm sure Dan Butler's breathing a sigh of relief into a certain extent, but also he's also um, you know now hopefully going to have some competition to, to drive him further forward because you don't want any player to to feel like they've got got it 100% comfortable. So yeah, no, like I say, you didn't really see a lot from him on. I mean, on Saturday, I think we'll we'll see more over the coming weeks potentially. But as a as a as a squad depth player. I don't. I he's not going to get in ahead of Butler anytime soon, I'd imagine. But if Butler does get injured, or or if we need him to come in and, and play, hopefully he'll, he'll be able to do a job. But I've never really seen him play prior to joining us either, which is a bit weird because normally you see players as you kind of go through the leagues. But yes. maybe we have. But when he was at AFC Wimbledon, but I definitely don't remember him. Which no. I don't know if that's a good good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it can go either way with defenders, can't it? You can remember the guy who's had the ricket, or you can remember the guy who's. Uh, created the great goals so maybe a quiet steady Eddie is what we need uh, to see things through so yes uh, a good win against Wigan and a vital one to keep us in the promotion race um, I kind of felt like this is the sort of make or break fixture where you decide whether you're slumping down to 10th 12th mid-table obscurity or whether you're really staying in the fight and they showed from coming back a couple of times in this one and from any battling against adversity to pick up three points in a tough away fixture that they are 
fully engaged in this promotion fight, and that's fantastic news for Stevenage fans for the rest of the season. Um, we leapfrogged Oxford thanks to who beat Oxford? I've lost the fixtures. Uh, that one. Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers beat Oxford three one. Yes. Um, so lovely. Thank you very much, Bristol. Um, we're up to three points behind Barnsley with the game in hand, but with a much inferior goal difference. So that fixture, whenever that gets rearranged against Barnsley, is still going to be massive. Uh, level on points with Oxford, slightly better goal difference and a game in hand. So neck and neck for the final promotion places. It looked like it was going to be uh, for a lot of the season. Blackpool are three points back from Oxford, but they've played a game more than Oxford, two games more than us. So... They're on the fringes and they can get in if they have a real good push. But uh, beyond that, six points back to Northampton in ninth. That's looking a bit of a mountain to climb. Uh, although plenty of games left for form to change things around. But I think we'll have a really good view of, of where we are and what we're going to be potentially achieving this year at the end of February. Because February is, is a mammoth month with the postponements we've had and rearrangements due to, due to the FA Cup. Pretty much playing every three days in February or every three or four days, so yeah. it's, it's going to be tough. And you've got games Shoehorned in there. a couple of extra fixtures in there just to keep us on our toes. I know, and you've got, and even though there are quite a few of those games are at home, which is good. There's some tough games in there. You've got Blackpool, who are, have been on a good little run. Um, Reading, who, are, who turned us over earlier this year. So you know, who knows we're going to get out of them? And you've got to go mm. away to Port Vale. That's a tough, tough game. You've got to go away to Derby, and then you've got two relatively local derbies against Wickham and Cambridge, and we all know that those sorts of games aren't ever as easy as they might look on paper. So I think at the end of this month, there's a run of, I think, seven games in February. After those seven games, I think will tell us a a long way to where we are going to be this year, and hopefully it's it's still looking in, in the right direction into those playoff places, which I think is every chance we can. We're not going to win every one of those games, but you know you just have to try and get the point, get a point if you can against those teams around you, like Derby away. I'd snap your hand off for a point right now, but yeah, very much try so. and win as many of your home games and and see what you can grind out away from home too. So it's going to be tough, but we'll. Uh, I think end of the end of Feb is when we could probably look back and say that's that's made or made or, or broken the season to a certain extent with that many games in a short period of time. Absolutely. And uh, yes, as you say, Blackpool up next, um, presuming we get a home fixture on, which would be nice. It feels like a long time since I've actually managed to see one. Their uh, January has been a busy one. They beat Lincoln 2-0 on the first, drew away at Nottingham Forest in a very impressive FA Cup third round performance, Uh, beat Burton at home 2-1, just past them. Oh, it was a league trophy game as well. Then 2-0 against Exeter, Agonising 3-0 loss in their FA Cup third round replay against Forest. 2-1 away win against Bristol Rovers. It's a tough place to go. And then a one-all draw with Charlton, who have been playing all right, but not not pulling up any massive trees. So maybe not as big a uh, challenge as you would have expected from the name. They've got Bolton in the Football League Trophy quarterfinal on Tuesday night. So... Then they travel down to us on Saturday. So, again, we should be the fresher of the two sides, which stands us in good stead. Let's have a look at the Charlton performance. Uh, 
Yes, interesting. So they're lining up in a sort of three-five-two in that one. If uh, this website is telling me lies, matching up uh, Charlton's formation and scored just after half time, couldn't hold on to it, conceded an own goal, and uh, couldn't get themselves back in front despite having the lion's share of possession and. 17 shots, only three on target. So similar to uh, us against Wigan, that there's a lot of shooting, not necessarily a lot of challenging the goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see whether that uh, continues on Saturday. They've got, they've also got be a team, sorry, Pat, they've got a team of, of a lot of experienced sort of League One, even Championship players in some cases. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they line up and... I'm expecting a really tough game on Saturday. It'll be good the first game at home in what feels like forever, but I think that home advantage is going to be really, really key because that's not going to be an easy game. I watched yeah. them against Nottingham Forest and in that replay where they got beaten in the end, but they put on a, a, a pretty good performance. Um, didn't realise until that game and they had Jordan Rose playing for them as well, which uh, mm. if you're going back to sort of probably about seven, eight years ago, me at this level, he'd be scoring about 50 goals, but... Is um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really tough one on uh, on Saturday. But hopefully, we can get hopefully we can get through it with uh, a return to winning ways at home. Because yeah, if we haven't played this kind of year, I think have we? It's not since Boxing Day, is it? So it's yeah, it's been a long time. And as we say, it's, it's an important game for us, but it's massive for them because you know they'd be expecting a promotion push with the squad they put pulled together and three points outside the playoffs but a couple of games in hand back you've really got to be taking points off the teams above you like it's almost yeah. draw isn't enough territory because that still leaves you three points behind and with two games back as well so yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah. it's not a game they can be settling for points for or just setting out their stall to frustrate and uh, try and force a nil-nil it's really and the good, be, and the good yeah. thing is, is nor will we like, uh, even though to Blackpool against Blackpool a point's probably not a bad result the you know the teams that are around us are winning at the moment um, I fully expect the likes of Oxford will bounce back so you can be outside that playoff so it's going to be a you know Blackpool will know a point's probably not enough so they'll be going for it but for us I think at the same time I can't see us going for anything other than trying to win you've got to win, try and win your home games obviously but um, yeah I think I think we if we're going to get into these playoffs yeah, this is definitely one game I'd imagine that Steve will have circled as got to try and win, do everything in your power to win this game. Mm. Should be an exciting one then. So we'll all get down there and cheer them on as much as we can and see what difference we can make. Um, anything else to chuck into the show tonight before we sign off? No, I don't think so. I mean, we've covered pretty much everything. I'll be intrigued to see. We've only got a couple of days left to the transfer window, whether we see any more ins and outs. I was um, There was rumours on <coughs> on Twitter about Jack Marriott being uh, potentially a player that we, we were looking at. So were Wrexham, so I'm sure they'd blow us out of the water from a wages perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, there was a bit of talk about that. But no, I think I honestly think we... I think we're either, if we're either done... I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't bring anyone else in. If anything, I can imagine maybe one going out on loan. Yes, um, like I, th- I think loans out are more likely than signings at this point. Yeah, um, but it'd be interesting just, to see what the next next couple of days looks like. 
And it'll be interesting to see who starts in goal on Saturday, yeah. Because <laughs> as we said, the goalkeeper rotation is going to keep asking questions every time there's a slightly questionable goal conceded. So I can't think as cross that settles down and we get a, a regular back line up there, I think, from my point of view. But I'm sure whoever the replacement goalkeeper is will be seeing it like that. Are you on? Are you on the uh, what side of the fence are you on? Because I, I, I see this as a like if if Tay is his man, if he thinks that Tashby Hammonds is 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 more than capable of being you know number one for him, and no one else matters. I don't see him bringing a guy in who's going to compete that closely. It's very rare you do. Most most sort of backup keepers are. Uh, like what we've done in probably previous years with the likes of Chapman, for example. Yeah, probably not as not as good, but can step in if they need to. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I, um, if Evans is. I don't know. Maybe it's just a part of his game. Maybe it's something that he doesn't like about Tay. Maybe it's like distribution or something. Or I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I, I feel like there's more to it than you know just keeping him on his toes. I, I don't know why. I just feel like there's. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just, a, you know what, we don't want Tay to get comfortable thinking that he's guaranteed to be on the team sheet every single week. But for someone like, you know, the experience that that, that McGivray's got, you, you would you would kind of think he's not coming here to sit on the bench. He was Absolutely number one for not. Milton Keynes. Like, he was number one in League Two for MK Dons. He's not coming here just to settle for a, for a spot on the bench. No. I, I haven't seen anything from Tay to suggest that he's got complacency in him and I haven't seen anything in his game that suggests that he drastically needs upgrading from like he seems fairly solid good shot stopper generally fairly reliable Mm. and you know no more prone to mistakes than any other league one keeper that you might want to mention and probably better than several so he's the most confident I've been in a keeper we've had since probably Daisy and I mean, if McGillivray can match or exceed, that's so much the better for us. But I didn't see it as a major... I mean, we obviously needed a backup, but I didn't see an upgrade as a major thing that we needed to be worried about. And, uh, I, I guess we maybe, are. Maybe Evans has got previous... I, I can't honestly think of Steve Evans' previous teams and maybe he's always done this. Maybe he's always wanted competition in, in those places and refuses point blank to bring a guy in who's just going to sit on the bench. But... Um, and last year we had goalkeeper roulette, didn't we? So it was, I don't think we can really it's comment too much on that. Sure. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a strange one, but I feel like there's more to it. I feel like there's, there's, and I'm, I've got no insider knowledge. I've got absolutely no idea, but I feel like there's more to it than just uh, bring it, especially because I can't imagine him being cheap first and foremost. Like, no. I can't, he's, he's going to be on a decent wage from MK. Um, and knowing, that you've, you know, even though a lot of uh, opposition fans might think we'll throw money around, um, I don't think that you know you'd be spending significant amount of money on a keeper if, unless you kind of had, you know, a belief that it was important to do so, and that belief could be down to whether it's something about Tay that he wants, you know, to go and investigate something else further. Or I felt like with the Hedgy deal earlier this year, that was more of a okay we'll, we'll show West Ham we've given him an opportunity before we just go back to Tay yes. <laughs> I didn't really feel like that was a you know let's go and see if this guy could be the number one but we've you know we've 
yeah, with this signing, I feel like it could there might be something more to it. But it'd be interested to see, yeah, like you say, who starts on Saturday. That might tell us a, a lot about maybe the changing of the guard in the in the goal. It feels like a job for me to avoid doing a job I don't want to do. Looking back through Evans' teams and seeing goalkeeper consistency of starters. So, uh, yeah, watch this space for a weekend where I don't want to paint a fence or something and I'll do that instead and pretend it's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a shame Chuz doesn't have a spreadsheet for that, isn't it? All right, well... Thank you for listening to this latest episode of uh, Borough Hope Saturday's a good one. And until then, up the borough! Woo! Sorry, you froze a little bit, so I just thought, oh, I'll do the outro while he's frozen. Was that me? Cause it... <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Because at least you froze for me, and then it was like, oh, we're having problems with our server. I was like, yeah. oh, fucking hell. Oh. And then I was like, normally it says, like, oh, your internet issues. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. Cool. Yeah. Nice one. All right, mate. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll catch up with you next week, I guess. Until then, go well. Cool. All best. Cheers, mate. Ciao. Bye. See you later. Oh, I have to stop it. Stop. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.